Welcome to the Downhouse podcast, where you can learn more about Downhouse School. Whether you're new to the community or an old friend, we'll be delving deeper, sharing stories and finding out what it really means to be a pupil at Downhouse. In our third series, we'll be talking to some of our very special alumni. And in this episode, our host, Simon Jones, talks to Emma Stonebridge, class of 2016, about compassion, one of the characteristics in our DNA. Emma, thank you for being here and welcome to this episode of the podcast. It's been five years since you left Downhouse. Does it feel like that long? Hi, it's uh, lovely to meet you and um, thank you for having me. Gosh, yes, it's been five years. It doesn't, uh, to an extent, it feels that long. I feel like I've done a lot since I've left. I took a gap year, did four years of uni and one of those years was a year abroad. So I've done a bit of traveling, spent some time in Paris and yeah, I guess it kind of, it does feel like five years when you can split it up. But yeah, I feel like I've done a lot in that time. So it feels slightly longer. Okay, that's really good. Now we're going to talk about compassion in this episode. And I'm dying to know what your experience of that was both at school and since leaving Downhouse as well. But first of all, just tell us in a snapshot when you were here and what the A-levels were that you were studying when you were here. So, I mean, I joined Downhouse in year eight. So I spent six years here. And for my A-levels, I did biology, chemistry and Latin, which is not at all what I did at university, which is always quite an interesting topic. <laughs> but but no, I love my time at Downhouse. The upper school boarding houses, they were definitely my favourite with the um, mixed year groups. I really enjoyed being with all the different year groups and having that space to sort of process the day separately. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you sort of came back together with your friends and then you'd and then you'd go to your separate boarding houses and then sixth form were all put together, which was also so nice because then you've kind of grown up a bit and you've yeah, got to got to know how you deal with things during the day and how you process them. So actually it's quite nice to then discuss that with your year group and who's on the same page as you as well. So Okay, let's just look at those A-levels briefly. Then you, you mentioned biology, chemistry and Latin. Some of the people listening to this podcast, they, they may have studied Latin at school, but they may well have not studied Latin because you know, it's, it's, it's not a subject that everybody does. Um, some people might feel like it's a, it's a dead subject as well. What are your thoughts on Latin in the 21st century UK, 21st century world? So I am a linguist. I studied French and Spanish at university. And so the amount that Latin has developed those languages and how much they have evolved from Latin you can see it every time you speak a speak a word every time you look at a word derivations are yeah they, they're, they're everywhere you can see them everywhere and so 100% it is not a dead language is firstly and then I, I mean because it's alive now because it is being used daily in English in French in Spanish in so many other romantic languages as well and I really enjoyed it it's more of a a puzzle because you're putting together the sentences and not being able to to listen to it or speak it really, you're only really reading it. It's kind of like doing a crossword or or a little uh, Sudoku or something because you're you're putting them all together. And I really enjoyed that; it was so satisfying. So, okay, let's take it back then to your earlier years at Downhouse. What was your experience of compassion when you were here at school? So I arrived in year eight, and I was welcomed very very quickly into the group because. At Downhouse, you have a term in uh, France as well. 
And so I did my first term, second term, and then my third term was in France. So you're constantly changing friendships groups at that point. But it was quite nice because you were able to to meet different people and, and make different friendship groups without having to, you know, really make a decision as to where you were going to be in your year group. And I mean, the house staff were amazing because you're so young at the time. I hadn't boarded before, so it was a it was quite a big step. And um, I'm also type 1 diabetic, so that threw a big spanner in the works of how I would deal with certain situations within the school. So taking that on and the house staff being able to help me with that, the medical centre, everyone was so helpful. So they, they wanted to solve every problem that I came across, which is exactly what you want because you don't want to be singled out. You don't want to be different. You want to be able to do everything. And sometimes that isn't possible. It is, you know... It's, it's something that you live with, but at the time when you're 12 years old, that's not really something that crosses your mind. You're just, I must do everything and I have to do it. And you're quite rebellious about it as well. And it, that, that's steadily increased through my time down. So um, yeah, the, the support from all the staff was yeah great at the beginning and continued all the way through. And what was it like joining the school in year eight, given that some of the girls here would have known each other already? And you would have joined. And I'm guessing that you didn't know many girls or any girls at all here when you joined. So one girl came from my uh, prep school. Um, So that was really nice because then you had somebody that you could, you know, chat to. But even if you didn't, everyone is is so welcoming at that point because they've all been in that same boat from the year before. So they they know exactly how you're feeling. There's no kind of, you know, why, why are you upset about that? Because at some point, every person in the year has been upset about something that you're also upset about. So, yeah, it's a very um, welcoming. They all, they all, yeah, they all drew you in and got you into all the activities. And lower school especially, it's bringing you into all those activities and really making you feel a part of the school and not kind of sort of a separate bit. Sometimes when people think about girls in school, they might think that they can behave in a slightly cliquey kind of way. Was that something you experienced at all when you joined? Not to a full extent. I think... Downhouse are very good at mixing us all up. And so we're all part of different sports teams. So you're meeting lots of different people. However, naturally, you do get into certain friendship groups, but that doesn't necessarily alienate you from others, if that makes sense. So That's refreshing to hear. I mean, clearly there are going to be different friendship groups, but there's a difference, isn't there, between a friendship group and a cliquey friendship group? Yes, exactly, exactly. And so, yeah, it's really nice the way that that Down have always, I mean, throughout my whole entire time here, has been about either inter-year bonding and within your year as well, intra-year, and just making sure that your your skills and your strengths are being used, whether you're with your friends at that point or not. So if someone's really good at drama or, for example, I really enjoyed lacrosse. So I was out on the lacrosse pitch with a lot of people that often I wouldn't necessarily speak to as much in-house, but actually as soon as I was out there, they were my, my best friends because we were in that situation where they, they were. So You mentioned inter-year bonding there. I think that's a, an excellent demonstration of compassion, actually, because that's people understanding you know, where different people are coming from ac- across different year groups. Some schools might talk about inter-year bonding in their marketing, but it doesn't necessarily actually happen on a day-to-day level. But your experience as a pupil here, is that something you genuinely saw then? Definitely, definitely, 100%. And especially with the the upper school houses that I mentioned earlier, that is the most uh, pinnacle point of inter-year bonding from, from my point of view. Because, 
you're you're with them, you're living with them. And although you're in separate dorms, you're in the same corridors, you're having to be aware that the year 11s are doing their GCSEs. So you have to, you know, you're constantly aware of what's going on in the other year groups, which makes it so much easier to, to, to speak to them and get on with them. And we do, you know, things like evening activities where we're all mixed between the, the three year groups. And then I know lower school now as well, they are into year as well, so... It's really good to hear how this compassion is being played out in everyday life, or at least when you were a girl here, uh, down, in that I think sometimes when people think about compassion, they might think about showing empathy or concern or helping someone who's going through a traumatic situation. But some of the things here you're talking about appear to be just everyday things that happen in school and an understanding of what it's like for other people and so, sort of seeing life through their eyes. 100%, getting that perspective is is so important from all year groups and you know you do you have to help your your friends or you know people in your house as well because they aren't necessarily especially upper school houses they aren't necessarily your initial friendship group they could be in a different house so you're then having to make friends with people in that you know in your house that you've gone into and understanding you know why they you know different cultures different things like that and why people are thinking or doing things that they do especially when you live so close to them because they are you know 24 7 you are living through all these ups and downs of school life whether it's exams whether it's drama performances whether it's you know celebrations of a sports match you know you're having to to appreciate all those moments and actually support people through them as well which is you know something that you often forget at day schools because you know having been to university now a lot of people go to university thinking these are going to be my best friends for life you know you're going to live with them they're going to be your everything and actually having been it down and been through the seven years I can tell you that my downhouse friends are my friends for life it sounds very cliche mm. but I'm still in touch with a lot of them probably I think there's a group of about 12 of us that still get get together and it's because we've been through all these ups and downs the huge roller coasters of life especially at school, you've been through them and you've physically lived next to them to get through them. It's really encouraging to hear this. And the fact that you mentioned cultures as well, you know, it adds to another of the downhouse characteristics, which is to be outward looking. Now, tell me a little bit about French and Spanish at university. Which university did you go to and why did you end up there? So I went to the University of Nottingham and I wasn't expecting to do that initially. I left school having done biology and chemistry and I was going to do medical sciences. However, I decided to take a year out. So I took a gap year and I ended up doing some some travelling and things like that and ended up finishing that and deciding I actually wanted to go through clearing and study modern languages, which through Latin had been a passion of mine anyway. And I had studied a lot of languages at GCSEs as well. So it wasn't a huge turnaround, but for a lot of people, that sounds completely mad. So yeah, so then Nottingham um, and Leicester also offered me a place as well, but I went to Nottingham, which happened to be a lot closer to home than I initially wanted, but I thoroughly enjoyed it. It was really good fun. I got to see my year abroad there and um, yeah, it was a great experience. And what lessons did you learn at school regarding compassion that you were able to carry through into university life? Boarding school was, you know, it is a, university is an extension of boarding school is what I'm trying to say, is that you you get to know how to live with people and how to adapt to different situations and how to kind of be more patient mm-hmm. and empathetic at school because 
you know, you, you're, you're living with these people and you're going through the same situations. Whereas suddenly when you're, you haven't lived with people, you've lived with your parents, you're very reliant on that often. And then going to university, you're thrown into the deep end, you're being very independent and you have to grow up very quickly. And actually leaving Down House, I didn't feel that much change from going from school to, da to university. So in terms of compassion, it was being able to read people and understand why they were reacting in a certain way and then being able to respond to that, whether that's just leaving them in peace or whether that's actually giving them words of advice or things like that. Awesome. And so what year did you leave university then? I left in 2021, summer of 2021. Okay, right. And tell us what you did then. I then came back to Downhouse. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm, I'm now back. I'm a an assistant housemistress of AGS, which is one of the upper school houses. And I'm thoroughly enjoying myself. Yeah, I can't see myself being anywhere else. AGS was my house. It has been my house. It's uh, kind of been my life. So yeah, I'm very happy to be back. I've got a big smile on my face because I asked that last question, of course, knowing that you were back here. Um, and, and it's great to see you back here as well. So now that you are back here, how do you see compassion playing out given that you're no longer a pupil here or a student, but you're actually a member of staff? So it is very different. You're getting a whole different perspective of school life, often realising that things we thought were very secret actually aren't, and teachers do actually know <laughs> <laughs> a lot of what's going on, more than you often think, which is, is quite funny to see, actually. And, um, I mean, being in a pastoral role, the compassion that is behind that is, you know, it's it's huge. You've you've got to. I mean, for me, I can relate to the girls because it wasn't that long ago. It's been what five years since I left, so I can kind of remember what I felt like when I was in sort of year eleven, year ten, when I was like working towards my GCSEs and things, and being able to to say to the girls like, don't don't worry about it. You you will be okay, and actually feel like they can believe me as well. I get a lot of questions about why I'm back and <laughs> I just I was desperate to come back to Downhouse. <laughs> but no, it's being a housemistress was a, a dream of mine. Um, I really wanted to do it. And 100 percent that is only through seeing the housemistresses at Downhouse. So all of them have been so supportive and empathetic and just being able to be that person for someone that they were for me. That was something that I really wanted to put into play. So... So tell us more then about what a house mistress actually does, you know, thinking if you if someone's listening to this podcast, maybe they didn't go to boarding school, they've got no idea at all what a house mistress does. Just tell us in a snapshot what what that role is. So I am with the help of the house mistress, I'm responsible for organizing and making sure that the 64 girls that are in my upper school house are safe and they are happy. And that is my priority. That is at the end of the day. And then there's all the admin behind it. Yeah, admin and uh, meetings and, and things like that. But the the main priority for us is making sure that the girls are happy and they're getting through daily life safely. Love that. Happy and safe. And what years are the girls in AGS? They are year eight. Yeah, no, year nine, year 10 and year 11. OK. And tell us a little bit then about the lessons that you learned regarding compassion when you were younger and what you're still learning now, because every day is a school day, of course, regarding compassion and how that helps you in your role as you're looking after these girls and making sure that they are happy and safe. So, I mean, I'm, I'm going to go along a slight issue rather than because 
the technology and social media that has expanded so much since I left school, that is one of the hardest things to kind of change because I've, I can put myself in pretty much every situation that the girls are in, in terms of school, but in terms of outside life, the social media and the technology is, is huge. You know, you've got TikTok, you've got Instagram. I mean, I mentioned Facebook the other day and none of the girls, they all laughed at me because they don't use it anymore. So trying to understand the situations that they're going through with that, that's, that's something that I'm really working on and trying to, to be supportive of them. Because sometimes it's very difficult when you haven't done something like that, when you haven't, I'm not on TikTok at all. <laughs> so I don't really understand it. So you're then, you know, they're coming to you with a worry about it and you have to work out how you give advice for something that you haven't necessarily been through. But yeah, for, for the other stuff, it's all the fact that I've been through the situations, you know, with things such as, you know, mental health issues or struggling with exams or, or even, you know, celebrating achievements and actually working out how to use their strengths. I feel like I can relate to that from school. How concerned should parents be today regarding social media? I, I think social media can be a really useful tool. And I've used it to stay in touch with a lot of my school friends, a lot of my university friends, and to stay in contact with people. I think at a certain age, I do agree on the age restrictions of them. And I think they should be stuck by because making those decisions to put things out that will be seen by everybody is a big decision to make. And I think that is that is one thing that I would hold hold key to using social media is just being able to make those decisions that, it's, that it is going out and that people understand that and they they comprehend how big a decision it is to put a photograph out on social media or a video or a comment and if they understand that then I think they can safely use it 100%. What do you think parents can do today when their children are at home in order to demonstrate a greater level of compassion to their children? I'm not suggesting that parents aren't compassionate but how can they demonstrate that to their children so that the children actually understand that? Listening. 100% is listening because often, I, I even I went to my parents, so they're, they're the same, and they very quickly rush to a solution, which is amazing and it's really helpful. But sometimes you don't want the solution. Often these girls are bright enough to come up with the solution and they actually just need you to listen. They can then process what they're saying because they feel like they're telling someone important or someone that can guide them. And then actually letting them process it and sort of question them about it and ask them, you know, why do you think that's happened? And then they can come to the solution themselves rather than being told. It's almost like reverse psychology in, in, a, in a small way because you're making them realise how the process has happened and how they can solve it. And in future, they can ask themselves those questions and be able to solve them. As a father with two teenage children, that's really helpful for me to hear as well. <laughs> I'm glad. <laughs> I'm actually currently reading a book. It's a book called A Book You Wish Your Parents Had Read. And your your children will wish you had as well, or will be glad that you have. And um, it's actually very, very interesting. And I 100% recommend it, especially to housemistresses or anyone in pastoral care as well as parents. It's it's really interesting hearing how, you know, how to deal with certain situations. Well, we'll put that in the show notes for this podcast episode. <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Emma, tell me some of the things that you recognise now that you're back here working at school from when you were here as a pupil. Is it quite strange seeing some of those familiar aspects of school life yeah definitely it's there's a lot that hasn't changed I mean some of the buildings have obviously changed you've got the Murray Centre now which is beautiful and 
a lot of the teachers are still here as well, which is a testament to, to Dan House and how amazing they are as well. So that's quite funny. Trying to, trying to use their first names is particularly <laughs> difficult. <laughs> but it must be just as weird for them to call me Miss Stonebridge. So, you know, all credit to them. And... Yeah, there are a few things. So being head of house, there are a few, my, my name is on a board in house, which is the girls love to run around and have a look at. Or I'm in the, the house photos as well. Okay. And my head of house gown gets passed down. So the head of house now currently has my gown with my name in it. Oh, wow. Awesome. And she thought that was quite funny that she could go back and have a look at that. So um, Does that make you feel quite proud as well? Definitely. It, it's really nice actually to see. And to see that, not too much has changed because if I'd come back and it had been a different school, mm-hmm. it wouldn't be downhouse mm-hmm. because it's got such a family centered spirit and actually passing on those traditions is so important. Mm-hmm. You know, I went back into AGS and immediately, you know, you've, you've got house drama came up and it was like, right, we've got to, you know, get all the spirit together. So we got the house team together and we made posters and we got green wigs and, you know, really showing the girls that that house spirit runs through the school that's quite fun and is yeah one of the best parts of of the school so it sounds like some of the best features of school life from when you were here have have remained tell me a little bit then about other things that have come in since you were here which are equally good okay so the 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 murray center which i just mentioned that is a huge part of the school now which when it was being built when i was at school I didn't think it would have such an impact, to be completely honest, because, you know, my life was built around the house that I lived in and then the classrooms that I went to. And actually seeing the girls use the Murray Centre now, you've got the library in there, you've got such a good central point. You know, you can have your coffee, you can have your tutor meetings and having that space and a, a neutral space at that where you can have meetings, have conversations, parents can go it's it's really created a center point and a focal point for the school which we didn't have before but we didn't really know we were missing either and seeing that kind of develop and become such a big part it's really cool that's really good to hear emma we need to bring this to a close now but if anyone's heard anything and they wanted to get in touch with you to ask you a question is is, are they able to do that at all absolutely you can put my email address in the in the description box below and they can send me an email and ask any questions they like well thank you so much for your time thank you for being here and showing us through your eyes what it's like to be compassionate to have learned about compassion both as a pupil but now as a member of staff as well no worries at all thank you for having me it's been great fun So that was Emma Stonebridge talking all about compassion in school and her journey from pupil to member of staff. Thank you, Emma, for joining us on this episode of the podcast. It was really good to talk to you. Now, if you're listening to this and you have any questions following anything that you've heard, then do feel free to contact Emma directly. She's on stonebridge at downhouse.net and she'll be very happy to help you. Now, our next episode is coming out soon. But in the meantime, thank you for listening to this one. Don't forget to follow or subscribe so you can stay in touch. And we look forward to seeing you next time. Bye for now.